You're listening to Were You Still Talking? So, uh, yeah, let me just go ahead and start, and we can have the same conversation we were having uh, or something different. Hey, welcome back. This is Joel Albrecht again, and in my studio today, I have Austin Mills, or Oz, and I'm going to ask him how he got that name. He's the co-founder and host of TARP, that's Terrestrial Alien Rehabilitation Transformers, or better known as the Atheist Roundtable. The Atheist Roundtable, uh, it's on YouTube and various other platforms. He's a former Christian, Christian leader of 30 plus years. And he likes to discuss, discuss religion, faith, the possible impacts on individual lives. And I've caught a couple of episodes of TART. Um, and they're really interesting because they're very respectful. Uh, I don't know how they get these people to come on and talk about their religion when they know they're going to be talking to atheists. But <laughs> they do. And uh, it, it's really, it's a good show. It's, it's very interesting. Austin or Oz, welcome to the program. Oh, thank you. Uh, first of all, thank you for the invite, and uh, thank you for having me. And uh, I will definitely pass along the uh, the new version of our uh, title. You'll have to write that down for me because I definitely won't remember it. Uh, but we'll. Uh, oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll, I'll be I'll be sure to yeah. uh, use that next time I intro the show. But no, thank you very much for uh, having uh, having me. I enjoy uh, discussing these topics. Sure. And the first thing I like to, I'm, I'm very curious about, especially with your program, because you got a kind of a big setup there. What, what are you guys using? Um, uh, for one, uh, I'm going to thank you because any guest who shows up with a microphone, I, I thank them. Um, this is <laughs> the doing this on Zoom is new. And um, it's, it's, uh, you know, when people have a mic, as you know, it is so much, so much better. Uh, it yes, makes sir. a big difference, so I appreciate it. Uh, what are you using? What kind of my what kind of setup do you have? Uh, well, here in my personal studio, so I have the blue uh, the blue Yeti, um, mm -hmm. and I just uh, upgraded my uh, computer. I was on a Mac, uh, just a, a MacBook. I just uh, recently uh, went to the oh, what's the name of this thing again? Um, it's the Dell Spirion, but it's the the Big Daddy. You know, it's got uh, uh, all it. kinds of all kinds of RAM and everything on there. It's got the built-in 1080p camera. Uh, and then as far as the studio, I have uh, two overhead lights. Um, I have the uh, Bluetooth LED lights so I can shift the mood in the room, you know, if I want blue lighting, red lighting, um, things like that. Uh, and then as far as streaming, we actually, uh, we, we only use StreamYard. Um, I know a lot of people in the YouTube world use OBS and a couple other uh, platforms. We, uh, I, let me correct myself, it's not we. Um, so Mike Pasta, Mike, he's our uh, director. Um, he's mm -hmm. our producer. And he squeezes every ounce out of StreamYard possible. So if you watch our show, a lot of people are like, man, what, what, what? You guys are using like four, five, six different softwares. No, Pasta Mike is just a fucking genius uh, when it comes to that stuff, and he has milked every ounce out of StreamYard uh, possible. So uh, what you see, um, you know, we we try to sound as good as we can, but we look super sexy because of him. <laughs> you do actually, you guys, you look great. It, it's it's. Very awesome. Um, I'm trying to hit a different camera view, and I, I got the wrong thing. Um, you'll hardly anyone see this. For the people just listening, which is most people, I'm playing around with my uh, my Zoom camera. So it look, it does look great. And I have tried to use OBS for uh, doing some live streaming, and I'm a one-man show. So OBS, is a to me, has just been a total pain in the butt. It, it, it hasn't... When I, I used Zoom because um, my wife was working at home and she was using it and I, 
had to figure out some technical stuff, of course, because <laughs> that's, that's what I do. So when I started looking at it, I was like, well, this is probably way easier. And being able to plug the board straight in was a much easier uh, with Zoom than it is with OBS. So I'm, I'm always like, why are people using that? Um, I guess because it's free, but it takes a lot of tech. A whole lot of tech. So I'm going to look into StreamYard because that, that's very interesting. And everybody on your show looks like they have a pretty decent setup. So, it, yeah, it looks good, sounds good. Um, Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And so my next question is how – well, actually, let me start with the – let me start with the good stuff. How did you go from uh, being a Christian leader to being an atheist? What was, what was that journey? Juicy question first. Uh, <laughs> so I, I grew up. Um, I grew up in a very uh, what I now call a very radical um, evangelical um, household and church. And when I say radical, it was what you see on TV: the Kenneth Copelands and the Rod Parsleys and the Benny Hens. Uh, that's the atmosphere I grew up in. Um, they were slinging oil all over the place, running around the church, speaking in tongues, people hanging from chandelier. Well, it wasn't that bad, but it was close. Uh, Rattlesnakes? Uh, <laughs> I, I would have been shocked. I didn't see them personally, but I would have uh -huh. been shocked. Um, so that, you know, kind of give the groundwork. It was, uh, um, it was just crazy, you know. Um, so I grew up uh, around that. And I also grew up with uh, a lot of mental illness, uh, mental health uh, issues, uh, anxiety, depression, bipolar, uh, I'm ADD, ADHD. And I was always told that, you know, um, Austin, you, you need to pray more, you need to pray harder, you need to have more faith. And I grew up with that, never really getting treatment, never seeing a doctor, seeing a therapist, a psychiatrist, anything like that. And, um, you know, that'll, that'll play a bigger part here um, later on. But I always like to lay that groundwork because you, you take that kind of uh, just crazy, insane um, atmosphere as far as the religion and the faith at home and at church. And then you overlay that uh, with mental health, uh, you know, uh, a rap sheet of mental health diagnosis like that. And you're just asking for issues. You're asking for trauma. Um you know, so those the, those things uh, played a part. Then, when uh, I was about four, I'd say fourteen or fifteen years old, um, my parents divorced. And leading up to that, my my dad, which for the record, I always like to say this, especially if there's going to be a podcast or it's even I'm doing a live show somewhere. My dad and I now are the best of friends. Um, we've mended our relationship, but I grew up. My dad was uh, abusive uh, physically, um, emotionally, psychologically. Uh, what everybody saw on the outside um, from our home, our family. Um, I have a, a younger brother, um, which ironically is a pastor of about a 700 member church here in the city we live in. But uh, <laughs> that is ironic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, <clears throat> what people saw from the outside, uh, we literally had a house with a white picket fence. So it was the white house, white picket fence. Everything looked really pretty from the outside. Uh, if you happen to get a camera or a microphone, inside those four walls uh, when nobody else could see or hear, it was a war zone, you know? Um, so there's a lot of things that uh, that played a part there. Um, and, and meanwhile, while it's a war zone, we're still being told that God loves us and our parents loves us. And we should obey our parents because that's what's right and uh, so on and so forth. So when they divorced at 14 or 15, all I'd ever been told is do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. And there's never a reason why, you know? And the one thing I, I 
or I'm sorry, the two things, uh, I have uh, four biological children, two stepchildren, I, and I teach, I, I tell them all the time, I'm not going to teach you what to think. I'm going to tell you what to think, but I will teach you how to think and how to apply logic and be a critical thinker. And don't just accept something or buy something because somebody offered that to you or told you that it was true. Find out and make sure that it's true. Um, so I went, you know, um, that, you know, most of my life just accepted me because that's what my parents and the quote unquote Christian leaders in my life told me. Um, so about 14 or 15, when they divorced, because I was never given a good reason why I shouldn't do certain things. Um, and with un, un, uh, unchecked and untreated, you know, mental diagnosis and just all the trauma, um, I went immediately to drugs and alcohol. Um, and I'd say for about nine years, uh, had very, um, you know, pretty serious addiction um, problems, uh, cocaine being uh, the, I guess, the, the drug of choice or the DOC, as uh, addicts like to call it. Um, and, uh, um, and I did that. I had, um, this is about an eight ball a day um, cocaine oh. habit uh, at, at, at my worst. Um, so when I say there was an addiction problem, it was pretty, pretty severe. And then when I was 20, um, shortly after my 21st birthday, uh, well, it was a week after my 21st birthday, um, um, or I'm sorry, a week before it, uh, September th uh, 13th of uh, 2003, uh, I was on about a two-week binge uh, where I had only slept for a couple hours. I was in uh, just to get those couple hours of sleep a night um, with all the cocaine that was in my system. I was drinking like um, uh, like a fifth of 151, you know, just to get a couple um, couple you know hours of sleep. I was doing that for about two weeks, and then um, all my buddies took me out to this 24 hour bar where you could just drink all day, drink all night. They never closed. It just kept going. And, uh, I promised them I could drive home and oh. I got in the car and I fell asleep, uh, you know, passed out drunk, uh, at the wheel and, uh, got T-boned by a uh, uh, full size, like the, um, uh, the big dump trucks, uh, going about 70 miles an hour and, uh, crushed me up against one of the concrete, uh, highway, you know, walls, uh, crushed um, all my ribs on my left side, uh, collapsed my lung, uh, crushed my shoulder. And they, they say your shoulder blade is the, the most difficult bone to break in your body. And if you were to see the um, uh, the x-ray, it looks like somebody just took a pane of glass and just dropped it um, the way the way it shattered. Uh, they thought I had, had uh, brain damage, which uh, so I have some family members now that would still say that I probably do have brandy. I'm kidding, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, they, you know, for the longest time, they wouldn't give me pain meds uh, because of that. So the reason I share that part of the story is I remember when I finally gained con cause I coded out twice. I didn't mention that I died twice. I died twice. They had to resuscitate me. Um, and I remember when I finally started gaining consciousness and of course, family and friends and everything are up there. And they're, they're telling me the only reason I'm there is because God spared my life. I still have a purpose on this earth. Um, so on and so forth. And, being young and afraid and scared and you know um, there was moments i thought i was paralyzed because my body was in shock and i couldn't move um i said you know what you're probably right you're probably right this god guy he he must want me here um so then for another uh, let's say eight years or whatever I, I dove all the way in and i tried to do do and find everything i could to to believe and then fast forward uh, i was playing drums uh, i did a lot of things at my brother's church um, i oversaw uh, small groups, uh, help with youth group. I was the full-time drummer, um, anything and everything. I was the one that if they're going out and doing inner city ministry, I was the one speaking, um, you know, and sharing my story and, um, and, and all that. And, and I remember I, I, I had one Sunday off where I didn't have to play drums, didn't have to do small groups, didn't have to do youth group. 
and I found myself in the you know congregation in the crowd and I'm listening to the the words of the music which I didn't get a lot of opportunity to do because I was always your drummer you know I'm always worried about the twos and the fours I'm not really paying attention to the words right um and I'm listening to the words and I'm like holy shit we say this we actually we're saying this and then my brother got oh, up no. <laughs> <laughs> my my brother got up and started preaching and and, I'm, and and again for the record too my brother and I have a great relationship um he starts preaching and, and I don't remember what verse it was now he 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 quoted a verse and and then get you know shared uh you know whatever his takeaway was on that for that particular sermon uh, and I'm like hold on a minute you're you're saying that and and I know that that verse says that but this verse over here says this and all these wheels started turning in my head and it, it was like a light bulb went off and I was like Austin you you have never and you know, uh, so 30, 34, 35 years, you have never sat down and read this book without drinking what I call the Jesus juice. You've never removed the lenses of religion, indoctrination, faith. You've never just read the book for what it is. You've just taken it on other people's word, you know, and their interpretation and what, what they heard or what they felt when they read it. Literally that day it started. I went home and I got a brand new Bible. That way I didn't have my highlighter marks in there and my notes and everything. And I started all the way over. And I'll tell you what, I barely got out of Genesis. And I was already like, okay, I'm completely skeptical. I'm completely skeptical. What is going on? What have I been reading? What have I been believing? And then what the nail in the coffin for me is finally, um, I, uh, I, I heard, I think it was Matt Delahoney, the, the host of the Atheist Experience. He, he had an exercise and he said, if you, if you don't believe me, take the four gospels and read them uh, uh, horizontally. Um, and, and it, so what I mean by that is, uh, so Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John read Matthew verse one, then Mark verse one, and, and uh, or I'm sorry, hor horizontally, not uh, vertically. And I did that and I'm like, holy, holy shit. They don't even have their own story, right? They don't even have the story. Uh, it, it, and, and that's the, the crux, right? That's the, the, the linchpin of their book is the resurrection, you know, the, the crucifixion, crucifixion resurrection of Jesus. And they don't even have the story, right? I, who lied to me for 34 years? Who's lying to me? I'm gonna kick your ass, you know? So, uh, so at that point, um, that, that's what, that's what did it. That's where, um, and then I was sitting, um, sitting in uh, my apartment at this, this point, I'd, uh, um, just divorced my now ex-wife and I was sitting there um, listen, I was actually listening to the atheist experience and it hit me I was like holy shit I'm an atheist like I, I, I don't believe this shit anymore I can't believe this there's no reason to believe this anymore so that was the long-winded version but that way you have good uh, good backstory and how I got there that's the uh, the thick and the thin of it that's a uh, that's I appreciate that I mean not only uh, the story but you being able to share it like that that's a uh, I mean, you're an atheist, so what difference does it make? Because uh, <laughs> it, it sounded like you definitely replaced the drugs with religion, you know, Im immediately after your accident. And then right. so you kind of stayed in that that addiction. It's like, I mean, people do it with exercise. People do it with, you know, food, all kinds of different things, um, how they just swap out one for another. Um, and it, it's just, it's very interesting. It's very interesting that one day you just thought, well, this is, this doesn't make sense. Now I have never read the Bible, so I know very little about it. Um, and, uh, I'm, I don't know if I'm an atheist. So I'll ask you about that later, but, um, 
the weren't the books written like a long time at different times in history those four yes. books you're talking about yeah so it would be hard for them to get the story straight right yeah and that's you know once i really started because you know when when you grow up and you're indoctrinated into christianity mm -hmm. anything to do with being critical being skeptical and for the love of fucking everything holy and their god don't say the word atheist because they are the devil they are the devil you know so you don't nobody teaches you to be critical about that book and if you are how dare you how dare you that's blasphemy you know so once once i started to get out of that mindset and started to use my own damn brain and and started looking at not just how the text lines up and is it in context does it make sense when I started looking at the dates and how many hundreds of years separated each book in, in each testament, I'm like, this doesn't even make sense. How, how do you like billions of people believe this shit? <laughs> well, it's it's interesting. I had a guest on my show a couple of shows ago who is a, a scholar and she is um, she's a spiritualist. She believes in in uh, stuff before the Bible and uh, her research. She's researched. Uh, writings that were around before the Bible and what they kind of stole the Bible from. And her her um, conclusion was that, and I've, I mean, I've felt this for myself, was that the Bible was really written to control people. It wasn't, you know, really written to help people. It was written to control the masses. And that, you know, it that makes sense to me. Um, but you have read more of it. Doesn't that make a lot of sense that a lot of it is about control? Absolutely. And uh, who was I was just talking about the other day, but my uh, and, I'm, and I'm trying to get more people to think about this, especially people that are in the faith or are in a process of a deconversion, um, you know, as we call it, uh, the, the word faith as it's used biblically um, and in that text, that word is the greatest con job ever designed for humanity. So think about this. In the Bible, Hebrews 11.1 uh, 1 says that faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. What the fuck does that mean? What, what, are, you, what are you even talking about? So it, it's we're hoping for something, and this is the evidence of it, even though we don't see the evidence of what we're wanting to believe in? Is that what you just told me? You know, but people just breeze right through that. When the Bible just told you you're believing in nothing, you don't even have evidence to believe in what you're believing in. You know, so that, that word faith... Uh, I hate that word. I, I hate it because of what it does to people, that they will just blindly um, listen and follow. I mean, look how many people follow like a Kenneth Copeland, you know, that, that literally believes that he can breathe on COVID and kill it. Well, guess what? Eight months or five months later, it's still here, Kenny. <laughs> well, it's it's true. It's And now it's turning into the uh, this... Um the big conspiracy theory group, which I'm not even going to mention the name of, but I think you know who I'm talking about. That is that is getting huge based on uh, people just believing blindly that what they're saying is true. And I think that's a big problem with the whole um, the whole social media world now is that anyone, I mean, any moron can get a microphone and, and uh, a computer and set up a podcast and start putting out stuff. And you don't need any evidence. Like, you know, I could be sitting here saying 
all kinds of stuff. And if I had enough followers, it's based on, it's not based on fact now. It's based on followers. I was just <laughs> listening to another podcast about this too, where, where some very, uh, one of the biggest podcasts in the, um, Tim Ferriss was, I forget the, oh no, I forgot his guess. I should have wrote it down, but he was talking about that is now things are based on, um, popularity. They're not based on facts. People more and more are basing things on popularity, which is a big part of, of, I think how the Bible got so big. Um, it you know faith is um, I mean it's used differently by different people. I looked up the word before this, but it is basically believing in something blindly. Um, uh, some faith can be good. I mean, you have the faith that you're going to wake up the next morning, and um, you know, so you prepare for the next day. That that's actually faith as well, because there's no proof. There's you know there's no real evidence you'll wake up tomorrow. Lots of people don't. I mean, it, you know, there's there's thousands of people because we have so many people on the earth. There's thousands every day that don't wake up the next day, but we have faith that we're going to wake up. But that's kind of different in faith of something that is completely unprovable. Um, but in all honesty, I believe in things that are unprovable as well. I'm not uh, religious. So by some accounts, I'm an atheist, but I still believe in... in uh, and things beyond what we can see and feel and touch. Um, and uh, and uh, I believe that there's a creator, but it's not not like the Bible. In other, in other words, there's an intelligence to the universe. That's more, I guess that's the simplest way that, that I can, can put it. And um, even uh, from what I understand, that's what Einstein was trying to prove. Um, but Einstein was religious, so that's a strange... Strange conundrum there. Yes. <laughs> Everything he was. <laughs> one of my favorite words, conundrum. I love that word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and there's a lot of them when you're talking about faith. And yeah. uh, I mean, the strangest thing to me is that uh, I think it was a year ago, but it may have been more than that. I read as uh, there was a survey put out by one of these probably left wing uh, conspiracy theory magazines like the New York Times or something. Um, that the uh, <laughs> the most feared people in America were atheists, and this just kind of blew my mind. Um, that atheists were feared more than than Muslims, and I know Muslims are extremely, um, 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 you know, especially now they are very much feared by. They're used as a scapegoat a lot, but for some reason, atheists are feared. Uh, this was strictly Americans, not worldwide. Um, and it's, a, it's such a small group, and it, it just seemed really weird to me. It, it seemed bizarre. And, and, and here's, here, here's why. Well, first of all, I'll tell you, I, I've, uh, and, um, guys in our group have literally received death threats. I was going to ask you, so now I'm, I'm glad you said that. I was going to ask you about that as well. If you've gotten, um, you know, I assumed you got negative feedback because you're on YouTube. So <laughs> I get negative feedback with flight simulator videos. <laughs> sure, sure, you'll get it with, with the, uh, you know. You did not rest. simulate correctly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we've literally um, had Christians and Muslims uh, threaten to... Uh, find us, locate us, find our homes, kill us, kill our families, harm us, harm our families. Um, uh, the, the one that's uh, the most uh, recent, I guess it's uh, sticking out in my head. Uh, I had a guy that uh, on Facebook, uh, he private messaged me and said that he was going to pray that uh, I just recently got uh, remarried uh, in September. And uh, he 
he said he was going to pray that God took the beautiful woman out of my life and took all my kids out of my life and put me in the darkest place I've ever been. Uh, that way um, I would come to know the light, which was Jesus Christ. And um, I just replied back, thank you. I love you too. Uh, that's, that's a, that's such a sweet reply. And I mean, when I hear something like that, I just go, Jesus Christ. And the, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, Absolutely. I'm really sorry you got that. And also I want to say congratulations on your, uh, your new marriage. Thank you. But uh, the question that popped into my mind was how, what were your marriage vows? I, what were your marriage vows? Uh, they were, um, they were Maybe. atheists as hell. But, um, <laughs> I mean, what? We, yeah, we, we, uh, we had, we took time and we went down to Indi uh, Indianapolis. We live in um, Indiana. We went down to uh, downtown Indy to uh, to do everything. And when we did our vows, we actually just went to um, we like going to parks and just hanging out, peaceful, quiet, just us. So we found a, a park there, and uh, and we did it there, and um, you know just shared some memories with each other. And then uh, we we told each other to uh, have five promises for each other. You know that that we would uh do do our best to keep the the rest of our lives you know it was it was uh amazing on a i guess a um a cute mushy uh moment when we went through the memories and then the five promises uh four out of the five were the exact same promises to each other and just all but i think one memory um were the same memories that stuck out for uh for both of us so it really was beautiful it, it was uh it was an awesome time so we did that uh we eloped and then we're gonna actually have our official um uh wedding in uh May, May 28th. Oh, that's awesome. That's really nice. I, um, my wife and I have been together for a long, long time, but we just got married. Um, and it, we had to have a COVID wedding because for reasons of retirement, partly, uh, it was better if, she, if we got married. And so we had to get married by a certain timeline and it was at the very beginning of COVID. And that was just bizarre, really, really strange. But, um, yeah. So how did the um did the uh did Tart get started? Was it were, was that already going and you became a part of it or did you help start that? How did how did that all get started? Oh, it's it's a fun story. Uh so I <clears throat> right at the end of my uh my divorce so what uh, two years ago, right around there, I, I might be off a little bit, but uh, I, I was just trying to find uh, something when I got off work, you know, worked about 60 hours a day or a week a day, about 60 hours a week. Um, and, and when I got home, I was just trying to find something to help myself just not think about work, life, to just um, just laugh and have fun. And uh, one of my buddies had told me about a couple um, of comedy accounts that they watched on TikTok. I was like, all right, well, it's free. I'll, I'll get it and go check them out. Well, uh, when I was scrolling through, and this is uh, about the time that um, I had deconverted and walked away from faith, uh, was it, all that happened, my divorce and all that happened right within the same, you know, three to six months of each other. And I'm scrolling through and I find an account. And at the time uh, it was called Mike's Ministry. And it was uh, satirical uh, atheist content. And I was dying. Like the, the guy had me like in stitches. And uh, so I'd comment on his videos. Well, uh, eventually uh, we, uh, for whatever reason, had messaged each other and uh, we started talking. And then um, uh, then Jeff, uh, Steve, and then uh, 
we call him uh, Atheist Jesus, as his name's Mike uh, as well. Um, he's he went, he's now went on and started his own show. But we all met on TikTok, and we would make videos and you know uh, kind of take jabs at each other, but also take jabs at faith and Christianity and and all that. And then uh, Pasta Mike, uh, we call him because uh, at the time we had two um, two mics, and he needed a nickname, and so instead of Pastor Mike to play off the flying spaghetti monster thing. It was Pasta Mike. Uh, so yeah. uh, Pasta Mike put a Skype call together. It was like, hey, let's just get on there, chop it up, talk shit, have fun. And him and I, um, so I'm a business guy, um, you know, outside of the YouTube world. Um, I've owned a couple of my own businesses. He, he owns his own business. And we're on there and we're like, I th- is it me or do I think we, I think we have something here. Like we, we all gel, we all fit. Let, let's try it. I mean, what's the, what's the, what's the price in trying, you know? And uh, uh, if you go back, uh, we still have our original um, uh, video up uh, that we, uh, that we did. And if you look at the progression and how far we've come, it's amazing. And our continuity, continuity and everything there. And I will say that, you know, there's, there's five of us currently, uh, we are like five brothers. We fight like brothers. We cuss each other out like brothers but don't you dare cross one of us because we're brothers, you know? And uh, right, so it's, it's right. really, really cool that we've built that. Um, we built that community, you know, um, because the one thing uh, it is it, going back to what you said earlier, uh, a lot of people don't realize when you are vocal about not believing, especially here in the, in the States, the Christian God, it, you will pay the price verbally, you know, insults, threats, whatever. So to kind of have those, th- those five, bros to go, you know, go back to like, man, you know, this dude, are you, are you kidding me right now? Like you really said that to me, you know, and, 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 you know, have that, that, that community that, that, that I guess brotherhood to go to is uh, fantastic. Yeah. It's really, it's, um, it's awesome that it works that way and that you guys were able, you found each other on TikTok of all things. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to uh, broke up by um, China soon. It's <laughs> so, uh, I'm, oh, I'm oh, but. Five grown ass men found each other on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It's the new way. It's the way of the world. Um, and so your uh, pasta Mike does all the engineering for it. He's the he's the engineer guru, and he's a, yep. He's yeah. he's the he's the brains in the operation, and uh, he makes us all all look good. And and I can't say it enough. He because pasta not only. Um, is he the producer and director and, and he hates when I brag about him. Um, he's a very humble guy. Um, not only that, he's become my best friend. Him and I talk on a daily basis. Uh, we live in, you know, two different states, uh, but you know, whether it's mental health issues or, you know, there, I'm still, I see a therapist once a week. I still go through a lot of the trauma from coming out of religion and the abuse and everything. Um, other than my wife, he's the first person I call. Like if I'm having a shitty day, I'm mm-hmm. like, bro, I just need to blow off some steam. You know, um, he's the, he's the first one. So I, I'm I'm very grateful, not just for the show, uh, but Pasa. He's he's the man. Well, that's it's really awesome to have a friend like that. That that's definitely helps helps a lot. Um, yeah, there was two questions I wanted to ask you, so I'll ask them together. One, um, uh, you you're in therapy. Are did you do any did you do any replacement drugs for your mental health? Like did uh, does do you have a psychiatrist, a psychologist, and how? Um, I mean, I think um, you know. Watching the show, I'm really impressed with how like um, how you allow people to talk about their their stuff, and you don't really get in there. You know, you, you're very um, allowing with people. So I'm curious how you were able to still stay um, stay 
with a relationship with your dad and your brother, mm-hmm. they they understand what you're doing doing now, or they do they try Absolutely. and convert? You? Yeah, they're okay. <laughs> they're good with it. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll say they're accepting. Uh, I won't say they're good with it, but they they know that they're not at this point in the ballgame. They're going to change my mind, so there's no point in having contention. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but to answer your question, uh, well, the first one. Uh, with uh, therapy and everything, uh, yes to all of the above, uh, therapist, psychiatrist, uh, and it took me years. Uh, so for anybody listening in the future, if you have, you struggle with any type of mental health and you are a skeptic or you're atheist, uh, do yourself a favor, do not go to a Christian therapist. It's just going to make it worse. I'm not saying that just because they're Christian, but they don't, they don't get down to the nitty gritty. They don't get down to the actual core issues, which are your, either a chemical imbalance or, you know, this you know, this part of your brain doesn't fire the way it should, or, you know, whatever it is, go to somebody that's actually going to get down to the brass tacks. Then if you want to overlay that with faith, by all means, do what you got to do, but first get to the core, uh, the core of the issue. So uh, it took me years. I found um, an excellent um, secular uh, therapist and psychiatrist where we don't, I don't have to worry about faith coming into it or prayer or anything like that. We're just talking about Austin's brain. That's all we're, that's all we're doing, you know, uh, in, in my behaviors. Uh, so yes, I do have that. Um, as far as, uh, replacement drugs, uh, recreationally, no, um, I, um, I can't stand marijuana and, and, and that's for me. Like I, want, oh, I, 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 I think, I think everybody should, I think we should legalize everything. Um, I think it was in Portugal or whatever they legalized everything and, uh, crime rates went down, addictions went down, suicides went down. So for the record, do you, uh, this is not for me. <laughs> no, but, I meant uh, for your mental health, like, like, um, prescriptions. Uh, yes, you know. yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. And, and that changed my life. It, it was, um, uh, it, it was right before, uh, my ex-wife started. Process. Uh, I, I went into a really, really nasty bipolar manic episode and it lasted about six months. Um, and I was sleeping two hours a day working 60 hours a week, being a father, a husband and a father of four. Uh, I was in the gym seven days a week. Uh, and you know, I got shredded, you know, uh, but yeah, I, I, I was just, <laughs> uh, but just completely unhealthy, you know, as right. far as my, my mental state, next thing I know, I'm in a, I'm in a psych ward and, and I ran myself so thin, uh, just, uh, you know, emotionally and psycho- psychologically and physically that I snapped. I didn't hurt anybody or hurt myself. I just lost it. I was crying for two days. I was just bawling and weeping for no reason. Um, and I found myself in a psych ward and it was when I was there and actually started to be able to talk to people that understood what was going on. And I'm like, holy shit, these people get it. And it went from, it was like, get me out of here to where I absorbed everything I could in the four or five days I was there because that was the first time I'd heard anybody actually try to help me, you know, and anybody try to do that. So they got me, um, and I'm one of the fortunate ones where the first uh, two or three meds that they put me on that, the cocktail, I guess, that they gave me of meds worked like, boom, a lot of people have to, it takes them a couple of years to find that right mix right. of medication. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mine, mine, the first, you know, the first, uh, the first ones that they, they put me on it, within a week, I was like, Oh my God, this is what the world looks like. This is awesome. You know, cause everything before that was just foggy and dark all the time, you know? Um, so uh, to, to, uh, to all that, um, yes, I, I therapist medication, I believe in all that. Um, and then, uh, as far as relationship, uh, with, uh, with my family, they, uh, they are all, I'm the only atheist skeptic, uh, whatever in our family. Um, I come from a, a line of, uh, pastors and 
ministers and my mom was a music pastor for 20 something years. Uh, so, uh, you know, like I said a minute ago, they don't accept it, but they, they know where I'm at. They know, they know about the YouTube channel. And, uh, actually my brother, uh, my brother, the pastor, he, he was on our show. I want to say three, um, three weeks ago, he came on our show with, uh, another pastor friend of his that we've known for 20 years. And then I had two former pastors that are now atheists on, and the topic was mental health and how it impacts, uh, people in full-time ministry uh, because there's a rise now in the suicide rates within, with, within the uh, pastor community, you know, uh, uh, community of uh, ministers or leaders. So we had, uh, that was an awesome show. So they, you know, they very much know, like I said, where I'm, um, where I'm at. And we, st what I love about it is uh, we can have that conversation because I don't let it get heated. A lot of atheists, a lot of atheists don't know how to control their temper, you know, and, and they get, as soon as, as soon as they think somebody's, you know, talking to them a certain kind of way or telling them that they're, they're dumb for not believing they, 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 you know, they just get triggered. <laughs> right. Well, that's what I really appreciate about the show. Not that I've watched hours and hours of it, but I watched enough of it to, to know that one, you all seem to really respect your guests, even though uh, I see you making fun of them uh, <laughs> in front of their back, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you, you still have a lot of respect for the people you're talking to. Uh, I think it's a, a very strange idea because it seems like to me what it seems like is well we're having uh, uh, people who are deep deep believers in religion on our show to prove that religion doesn't isn't real <laughs> that's that's what the overall uh you know just seems to be even though it should be about aliens but uh, <laughs> you uh yeah, it's just very interesting. I really appreciate that you guys give people um, a lot of leeway and you don't really come after them. I mean, it's it's why I don't talk politics on my show. Uh, I mean, I have. It rolls into it sometimes. But mostly, I'm only interested in talking about my politics. And I do get triggered when I talk about politics, even though I know deep down it's not as important as everyone's making it seem. Like, like you know, politics are being blown up right now. Uh, and they have been in other parts of history. We forget, but uh, it it you know it's it's turning into such a a battle between um, between tribes, and even when we're all in the same tribe right now, it's it's like there's no. I mean, the internet should be proof of that. We're all on the same. It's the same place we all live on. You know, mm -hmm. it, it gets smaller every day. So it, it's it's just it's interesting. Um, but I think you guys do a really good job of having those conversations and not having it about people yelling at each other. Cause you know, there's, yeah. there's so I could, I could see how it could just turn into people, you know, screaming about their beliefs really easily, but you guys do a great job of, of just letting them talk and, and asking them questions that, uh, and you even talked about it on the show once about asking questions that aren't leading and, you know, questions where you're, you're just trying to find the answers. Mm -hmm. uh, that's really good. Uh, it still is, is mind-boggling to me that you have a show about that you can get these people. How do you get these people on the show? <laughs> Besides being your brother. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the, well, now, now we have a, I definitely use our track record, you know, um, mm -hmm. with, uh, with our guests and, and I'll even have, um, you know, depending on who I'm, you know, trying to, uh, uh, schedule or recruit, I guess, to, to come on. Um, there's certain guests I'll, I'll ask for, you know, kind of like, uh, testimonials or, you know, uh, I guess a review of their experience on the show, uh, that, that way, that way the other theists or Christians or, you know, whatever, um, religion or whatever that they, 
they claim uh, they have a reference that it's not just the atheist saying, "Hey, come on here, we're going to take good care of you." It, you know, it's it's another Christian <laughs> saying, you, "You know, you know, yeah." They can be sarcastic and funny, but it's all in good humor. Um, but they are respectful. That you know, they're not they're not going to get on there and try to humiliate you. Uh, they they do want to um, have a real conversation with you. And you know, um, at the, uh, at the at the bottom of our show when we do our outro. Uh, it, it says it that, you know, truth does not fear investigation, you know, so if you have a truth claim, you shouldn't have to fear coming on and us investigating. Um, now, the moment we start to try to uh, humiliate or embarrass somebody, then I wouldn't come on the show either. So, Right. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I, I think that that definitely shows up on the show and it's it's really good. It's really great that way. Um Oh, so yeah, actually, I did want to ask you this question. I'm looking at your questions. Uh, for those who don't know, people send their own questions into podcasts or any interview they're on. In case you ever wondered about that, when you see feel the. Free, the feel free to ask me anything. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, atheism, what is it? Let's just get down oh. to the, ba the basics. What, well, to you, to you, what's atheism? Uh, I, I go by as close to the definition as uh, possible. Um, so first and foremost, atheism is a simply a lack of belief in a God or a supernatural claim. Uh, now, <clears throat> Christians specifically have had a, now uh, because they they're great, great at what we call word salad. And they, they want to, you know, well, if you don't believe this, that means you believe this. And if you do that, that means you have faith. And no, that doesn't mean any of that. I, I, I don't believe that I don't believe. I know that I don't believe. So it's not a belief. I don't need faith. So now what we've had to do is add another layer onto it. And what uh, the guys on our show, uh, what we, uh, I guess, call ourselves now is uh, an agnostic atheist, where uh, we don't believe, we don't claim that we that there's absolutely no God, because that would be uh, completely dishonest, because we don't absolutely know that there is no God. We just don't find a, uh, we don't find good enough evidence to support a God claim. So until there's evidence that supports that, we take the agnostic approach where we don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that's always, that's always been confusing to me too, uh, the difference between uh, agnostic and atheist, because I have, um, I mean, I'm basically agnostic, I guess, but I have been accused of being atheist because I don't believe in a religion, right? Because right. I don't follow a specific religious path. And uh, some people consider that atheism, but it's, um, I, I mean, I guess if you're, if you're Christian or Muslim or, or uh, following Judaism, then that might be atheist to you. If you don't believe in, in the God they believe in, then maybe that means you're atheist. But yeah, uh, it's, it's interesting. So, and, and you could be, you could be like, I, I would uh, consider myself a, a hard atheist on the Abrahamic God. So like the Bible God, I, I do not believe that that thing exists whatsoever. Um, but I am not an atheist to any other God, uh, hard atheist to any other God claim. I'd be agnostic. I, I don't know. Uh, but just knowing that book as well as I know it and the, the lack of evidence behind it, I would consider myself 99.9% .9 a hard atheist on the Abrahamic God, but that doesn't eliminate any other gods. So. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. That's the the people I uh, believe in, I guess the <laughs> the spiritual leaders that I listen to, uh, especially one minister in particular, is um, is all about how those all of those religions are based on 
they really come from the same place a long, long time ago. And they're trying to explain the same thing. But uh, in my opinion, in some cases, do a terrible job <laughs> about it. Because anytime you are trying to control people and tell people that if they don't believe what you believe, then, you know, they're going to die or go to a bad place. That seems pretty messed up to me that it's like if and I've always thought, well, if you have to force your religion on somebody, if you if your religion is based on fear, if your belief in God is based on <laughs> fear, there's something really wrong with that. You know, I, I, I've never been able to, to come near, you know, to get get around that. Yeah, and, and the Abrahamic God, whether it be Christianity or um, I've been studying more and more over the last uh, six to eight months on um, the the Quran and Islam, uh, that that Abrahamic God is he's nasty, man. And especially if you look at the Bible, the Old Testament, he's a bloodthirsty, uh, warmongering, baby killing, genocidal maniac. He's a narcissist, narcissistic maniac, uh, and you don't see it. Uh, especially if you grew up a Christian, you don't see it until you're not drunk on the Jesus juice anymore. You know, right. words, um, you know, and you, and you're not intoxicated by that indoctrination anymore because like, uh, I was just talking to my mom yesterday about, uh, abortion. I'm like, well, mom, how, how can you even attempt to morally ground your stance that it's pro-life no matter what, when the, the God of your Bible and uh, was, it, I think it's, uh, first Samuel, uh, command God commanded a soldier in an army to dash children's heads on stones and kill them and then rip open the wombs of mothers and take out the babies and kill the babies. How do you ground that? You know, it's what's, you know what's great about those stories, though, is they make for some awesome movies. <laughs> Hollywood has really had a good time uh, with some of the really nasty stories of the, of the Bible. And uh, Kevin, one of Kevin Smith's best movies ever yeah. was based on biblical writings and i i just think it's really interesting hollywood eats that stuff up <laughs> absolutely as they should <laughs> as they should because it's true most people ignore those parts most people really you know don't want to talk about the the really nasty parts um but there's even television series now that are that have uh the devil in them and they mm -hmm. they definitely refer to how the angels are not very nice in the bible you know they're they do some really nasty stuff. And so, yeah, it makes great stories for Hollywood. I always appreciate that. Yep. Yeah, it, yeah, it's they absolutely do. I mean, some of them are uh, like the, uh, you know, we the funny ones for atheists kind of go-tos are, you know, in Genesis, in the, uh, the story in the Garden of Adam and Eve, um, which is where I tripped and fell, you know, when I started re reading it for myself the first time. I literally had my head and, you know, in my palm because I got through the first, just the first two chapters. I'm like, we have fucking talking snakes. We have talking snakes. Is this a kid's book? What are we doing right now? You know, um, you know, so you have that, but then you have the more serious things. Cause then you just get to the second book, you know, Exodus. And by the time you get to the 21st chapter, literally God is giving commands on uh, being a good slave owner and how you should treat your slaves and that you can beat your slaves to a bloody pulp. And as long as they don't die within, you know, is it three or four days or whatever, uh, then you're a great slave owner. What? Well, that's an interesting fact. It's an interesting thing you say there because that's how that's where we are. That's how we got where we are. 
That that's how the the countries in the in the you know Christian universe and the, uh, England and America, especially Europe, most of Europe and America. That's how we got to the place we are at right now. I mean, the whole idea of racism is something that comes from the Bible, and it's something that that they've used. I mean, it's not necessarily correct, but they have used the Bible for racism forever, and they are still doing it. I mean, you know, the the radical um, KKK is all they all they take all their stuff from supposedly from the Bible. But um, not only is it a misinterpretation, but it's it's um you know it's how the Bible's been used since it was written. I mean, you know, in the early one thousands. The Bible was an excuse to wipe out everyone else on the planet who wasn't a king or queen. And the ones, you know, that survived, they're going to be a soldier or they're going to work for you in the fields. And, you know, that's been that's been the Christian doctrine for a long, long time. Yeah. absolutely. And I I don't know if it still does because I haven't looked recently. But uh, when I started doing some uh, 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 slave culture studies, you know, a year or two ago, um, and, and I was looking at different websites. It, uh, and I don't want to say because I don't know it to be fact right now. But the last time that I looked at uh, the officially unofficial KKK website, they claim to be a religious organization, a, a Christian organization. You know, if that if that tells you anything. I don't, since since then, if they, I don't know if they've taken that off or whatever. But at one point, they they definitely did that. Uh, but if, I, if I'm gonna do a shameless plug for a buddy of mine, he is a um, uh, he has his uh, doctorate in theology, and then it's a Hebrew text, uh, something like that. Uh, he has a book, um, and for those that don't watch or listening, it's called uh, "Did the Old uh, Did the Old Testament Endorse Slavery?" Uh, Dr. Josh Bowen, um, good friend of mine, he's been on our show several times. Very, very smart guy. Uh, and if you're into that kind of thing, and we want to know more about the history and how you know um, what what you just said uh, a minute ago about it, it having its roots in the good book, quote unquote, uh, you can get your, you can get the actual information right there. He goes in depth and Josh does a great job of making this uh, very readable and um, enjoyable for those that aren't a expert or, um, you know, a, a professional in, in this world. So that's awesome. I appreciate you, you, uh, put you, uh, putting your friend's book up there and I will get a link from you so that we can put that in the show notes. So that will be in the show notes, everyone. And I'll, I mean, as far as I know, the KKK is still a religious group. Um, Nazism was based on the Catholic religion. Catholics. I mean, I, yeah. They were based on, and the Catholics backed them. The Catholic church backed the German Nazis because they thought they would win. So they, they wanted to back the winner. And so, you know, they gave them money to fight their war. So, you know, that I don't think that bodes well to for the Catholic Church personally. And I I, I really am shocked at how many people still follow that blindly, oh yeah. um, knowing that, knowing that. But people are following a leader now that seems to have the same idea. And, and it's uh, I think it's kind of a sad um I think it's a sad state in our country that anyone who wants to be a leader. Um, obviously, we need leaders, according to a really good book called Sapiens. You do need leaders with this many people. It sure helps. Um, but uh, everyone who, anyone who wants to be a leader, especially in federal politics, but even in local politics, has to claim religion. Because I don't believe they're, they're necessarily follow religions, um, you know, a lot, it, it, but they have to claim they do. They absolutely have to. And if they claim the wrong religion... That's going to be a big problem, and it's uh, 
I mean, according to our constitution, they should be atheists, wouldn't you say? And, you know, the, the um, this is the one part of politics that I will talk about freely, um, because this comes down to my Second Amendment rights. Um, so for the record, uh, I actually catch a lot of heat from, uh, when it comes to this, I catch a lot of heat from the atheists and the Christians on this, because I will not pick a side. Mm -hmm. I refuse to be a part of the, the two-party program. Um, I think it's bullshit, um, and I will not subscribe to it. Uh, I consider myself, if this is even a thing, um, but I consider myself to be a constitutionalist. I want you, your, your family, your people, your friends, mine, everybody. I don't care what you believe in, don't believe in, what the color of your skin is, what your uh, you know, sexual preferences are, lifestyles are. I don't care. I just want you to have your constitutional rights. That being said, I or you or nobody should have to pledge allegiance to a god or a religion in order to be a leader in our country. Uh, our, our, our founding fathers, the, the Christians love to claim that they were all but one or two Christians. Go do your homework, folks. Go do, go do your homework. They were not Christians. Uh, you, some of them were uh, um, deists, mm -hmm. but most of, most of them were skeptics. Like they, they did not claim a God. They did not claim a religion. Um, so quit lying to people so that you can further your agenda uh, for your religion and to control people with your religion um, and let people think freely. Again, let, uh, this country and the world, uh, but this country would be so much better if we could get uh, to a place where we think critically and we accept nothing based on word. Give us evidence, give us supporting data, documentation and quit buying stuff just because somebody on that TV screen told you. Uh, and this goes back, you made a great point earlier, whereas, you know, well, popularity is now the convincing factor. Popularity is now the proof that that in itself is, fall is fallacious. If we were having a, an actual uh, formatted debate, uh, that would be, you know, an argument to popularity, which is a fallacy. Like th that's bullshit. I don't care how many followers you have. Uh, that's a fallacious argument. I want to know where you got your data. And I teach my kids that when they come home, they're like, well, teacher said this. Okay, show me. Show me. I, I don't care what your teacher said. Show me. And I make them research it and look it up. I, I wish we could get better at that. I think, I think that would improve everything. I definitely wish we could get better at that. And uh, I mean, uh, without going into the problems of our educational system, uh, I think that critical thinking is not even taught until the college level and maybe oh, yeah. even the advanced college level. I mean, because people go into college, I mean, I, my, uh, wife worked at, for a college for a long time and, you know, I've known a lot of people that have gone to college. They go there completely unprepared mm -hmm. because they haven't really been taught critical thinking. And it's worse now than when I was a kid. When I was a kid, we were taught, we were actually taught more information. We were given more stuff. Nowadays, it's a lot about how to take a test. Um, when I got a pilot's license, all I needed to know was how to take a, a test. Now, I had to prove I could fly a plane. That was part two. But, to, so. but to, to pass the written test, you literally just had to, you could memorize it and pass it, which I thought was just nuts. It's like, this is stuff you really should know if you're going to fly a plane with a passenger in it. If you're going to fly it by yourself, whatever, go kill yourself. But <laughs> getting a license is more about putting a passenger in the plane with you because uh, you can fly around without a license uh, with, you know, being a student for almost indefinitely. But if you're going to put someone with you, uh, memorization's not it. But what I was getting at was, yeah, I completely agree that uh, critical thinking should be taught more. And it, it, it's, uh, it's going out the window. And um, I mean, one of the, I watched a, 
documentary called The Social Dilemma, which was um, kind of about AI controlling our social networks, kind of. That's exactly what it was about. Um, and that makes critical thinking even harder because mm -hmm. whenever, we're, whenever we th think we're doing critical thinking, if we're doing it on the internet, we may not be. We're, we're being fed information. So as an atheist, you're going to be fed completely information than someone who's a Christian. And someone who's a Democrat is going to be fed completely different information than someone who's a Republican. And someone who's neither is going to be fed completely, you know, they're not going to get either side. They're going to get a, a whole different look at things based because AI knows you so well. And so, yeah, critical thinking, I think, is a very, very important thing. Um, and most, uh, you know, all of the, all of the woo-woo stuff I follow, the, the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the books on spirituality and uh, people who teach meditation and different things like this, they're more about critical thinking. They're about, I mean, uh, meditation is about clearing your head so you can think. Because if your head is always full, you can't really use it right. You know, if, it's, if, if you don't give it time to clear out once in a while, whether that's a walk in the woods or, you know, working Absolutely. out or taking a bike ride, whatever it is, if you don't give it time to get off the internet, <laughs> unless you listen to my podcast, but if you, <laughs> you know, if you don't give it time to clear, it's very hard to have, it just, it's, it seems to me it's getting more and more difficult to, to have critical thinking and, uh, really appreciate shows like yours that are, are looking for that, 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 that's their goal. Is to find that. Yeah, and, and one one thing I love about um, you know our our guys, and, and I'm not saying that to be anecdotal, but I don't want to misrepresent anybody else. But I know for myself, uh, and you know, and the guys on our team, and I, and I try to you know encourage anybody and everybody to do this, and, and this falls in line of the critical thinking process. But I try to read, you know, for for any, or I'm sorry, for every uh, atheist or skeptical uh, you know book or uh, document or paper that I read. I try to then read something that comes from the opposing side uh, because I want to make sure I'm giving a fair and balanced shot because the, you know, we, we always say we're looking, we're in pursuit of truth. If there is a God and it exists, we want to know that. Well, how am I ever going to find it? If the only thing I'm ever reading about is why I'm a skeptic, <laughs> right? Why, you know, right. What, why, why I'm an atheist, you know, so you, you can say, well, you probably can't see the titles, but you know, these are just a, a, a small handful of the books I have and almost all these behind me, but I think three maybe are all Christian books. Those are all that I've mm -hmm. read multiple times or that, you know, there's biblical dictionaries that if I forget what a word meant in the Hebrew um, or in the Greek, I can go, you know, and go and find that, you know, so it's important if we're going to talk about that, you know, that we also do it, you know, and that's why my kids know that about me. It's like, I'm not telling you to do it, just to do it. I'm, I'm, I, I do it and it works. It helps me. And I find more true things than not, um, by doing that. So, uh, if, if I could, can I, can I ask you a question real quick? Sure. Oh yeah, you can ask me anything. It's it, it, this is a it's supposed to be a conversation. I don't. <laughs> I, I just I, I want to make sure you didn't have anything uh, right after that. Uh, so oh. you, you uh, and you use the uh, the word uh, woo, but obviously you've you've shared a couple times that you do have uh, a spiritual um, uh, uh, belief or system in mm -hmm. place. What what uh, what what label or um, kind? I guess uh, would you would you fall under? Um, well, it's uh, it's that God is all things. God is all okay. things all the time. So the air we breathe, the the planet we're on, the the plants, the animals, uh, you and I, 
uh, all the cells going through us is, is, um, has intelligence to it. it. It's a part of God, which is bigger than, which is not a religious God. It's not something you pray to, you know, necessarily you, you, you can pray in a, in a sense, but it's, um, yeah. So I believe that, I mean, that's, that's it. The, the best explanation I have that, that, um, God is all things. Um, and that was kind of my, that leads me into the next question. How do you prove, how do you prove what about anything about, uh, religion when it's based on, it's not based on fact. Like, uh, it's interesting because a lot there's, there's a, and I, I'm a skeptic too. So I, I read a lot of, of, um, read, watch internet stuff a lot of people who are metaphysical they're they claim to they're metaphysical type so that's kind of a new religion it's it's like the new age stuff new age religion and they're claiming that that um uh that um what am i trying to say the um there's a science that that proves out all of their stuff uh and and that you know if you look deep enough the way that atoms work and that that uh, cells uh have intelligence and all this stuff and they, that proves it out and when I, I listen to them but i'm like well there's no links to a, any like actual papers on your site here there's no you're just talking about experiments you've done in your own you know seminars and stuff that proves this out now there is there is proof recently there is more and more proof that meditation can make a huge difference in a brain like mm -hmm. they've taken MRIs of people when they meditate, and they're surprisingly similar to people when they play drums. Have you ever seen those? I actually know the, exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, there's an MRIs of people playing music is lights up the brain. MRIs of people playing drums really lights up the brain, mm -hmm. like explodes all all the receptors in there. And the same thing with meditation kind of does the opposite. It really it um it calms it and it but it but there's way more firing going on when people are in deep meditation than um than just about anything else, you know. So, but and th that's why drumming and and you know playing music and singing and riding bike is also meditation in my in my mind. So, yeah. And as as, as an atheist, I I um I 100% support and endorse meditation, not prayer meditation the, the centering yourself the clearing of your brain breathing all that, that's all physical psychological um you, you know um even neurological like that affects so many parts of your body it's not just your brain you know um so anything that's natural like that that, that we're doing to improve ourselves do it by all means do it it's when we start praying to a deity that i have that i that i have issues with um you know uh but you're not you uh now we're really starting to talk my language because I love psychology um, mm -hmm. and I love uh, I love what uh, experiences and and certain um, actions or sounds or feelings do to brain activity and I love that you brought that up because uh, again the conversation I was having uh, yesterday with with someone I, I told them I said you realize that uh, and there's studies on it you can just simple Google just go to Bill Ogle and search it there's simple <laughs> there's simple uh, uh, um, uh, research, you know, uh, research is done uh, and experiments done on the human brain while having a religious experience. It does two things to the brain. One, it triggers the same reward center in your brain that sex, drugs, alcohol, um, and all, all those things do. It triggers the same 
reward center. So people talk about, well, I had this feeling and I got goosebumps and I did this. Well, yeah, like I'm a huge post Malone fan. And uh, before COVID hit, my uh, now wife and I went to uh, two, two or three of his concerts. And I remember having goosebumps. I mean, it was just electric in there. And I was like, man, I remember when I used to think that was God. <laughs> right. Post, post, yeah. Post Malone, post Malone must be God. You know, and, well, um, and, and, and in my mind, it is. That is, yeah, that is God, yeah, for you. you know, yeah. that, that, yeah. that feeling is, is, it's not a religion, but that's like, that's, that's God. <laughs> it's that, 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 well, at least that's a, that's a, a part of God. Yeah. I, I think everything's God. So yeah, which uh, people have I'm a hard gonna, time with that too. Yeah, uh, <laughs> wait, so I'm going to come back and ask you another question here in a minute on that. Sure. Uh, the, you know, so so uh, for the brain, it does that. You know, so you get that euphoric uh, feeling. Uh, you know, from from those experiences. And there's I can't because I'm not a um, neurologist, but there's um, uh, a part in the back of your brain that controls uh, your logic and your reason and your your ability to think critically. When you're having, and again, the, the, uh, and I can send it to you if, if your listeners want. I have the uh, they're saved on my desktop. This is how much I use this information. Uh, there's, there's a part in the back of the brain that controls all that. It shrinks. Think about that. That's interesting. So, yeah. So not insulting anybody, but you're getting dumber. Now, it does expand back once you exit that, that experience. So it's not like you stay dumb. But for that moment, you actually get become less intelligent, less critical, uh, less logical during that experience. If that doesn't you think about it now take a 30,000 foot view and look at the religious experience. If that doesn't tell you a story about how it controls and manipulates, it gets you high and then it takes away your capacity to think critically. Like that's the, that's how you control somebody. <laughs> well, that's true. That is, that's definitely how religion controls people. Um, there's another side of that, that when you're having an experience, like when you're in deep meditation, it's, it's probably the same thing. Your logic mind, your, the whole idea of a lot of meditations that I've done is to stop thinking critically basic and to try to stop thinking. Now, people who have done meditation for a long time will tell you you're never going to stop thinking, which is one of the best things I ever heard about meditation. <laughs> I was so relieved when someone finally said, you'll never stop thinking. Don't try and do that. <laughs> Just observe your thoughts and let them, you know, let them go. So if anyone's new to meditation, you're never going to stop thinking. Let, let that go. Absolutely. But, uh, but when you, Slow down critical thinking as much as you possibly can. That's where a lot of art comes from. That's where a lot of ideas come from. Uh, if uh, um, unfortunately, I haven't really asked him, but uh, geniuses like um, Elon Musk, you know, he he gets ideas out of nowhere, out of literally nowhere. It's not really from critical thinking. He obviously does a lot of critical thinking because his mind is ridiculously sharp, and and you know everything he does is based on science, and so. His mind is full of critical thoughts, but he also has a place where he grabs thoughts out of the air, which is just amazing to me. Like there's, the, um, you know, musicians do this. Uh, even scientists do this. Uh, Einstein did this. He came up with an idea that no one believed, and then he had to prove it. Mm-hmm. You know, his, his idea uh, uh, that now they've disproven. But... <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And science. <laughs> yeah, that's stupid science. But uh, a lot of scientists talk about this. Um, they come up with ideas really out of the blue, and they're pretty sure they're right, but they take years and years and years and years of critical thinking 
to try and prove them. Um, I don't know. It's an interesting, but, but yes, I can see how that can be used to control people. I mean, that that's, that's how it's being used now with politics. Um, and always, always has been. I mean, that's how Hitler came to power Absolutely. because he would basically hypnotize a massive oh, nation. Man. You know, when you see him speak, you're like, okay, I get that. I can see what he's doing there. He, he's, you know, he is so dynamic. Um, and people just fell for it. And, and they were in a really, really, really bad way. You know, the country was, was in, in bad shape at that time. So, yeah, uh, I see what you're, I, I'm, there's kind of two sides to that. It's like you, and, yeah. and with the, uh, like I said, the healthy, the meditation, absolutely slow, slow everything. That, that, that's, I'm all for it there. But in that, when I said a religious experience, I'm thinking like in, in um, like a church service, you know, the mm -hmm. music's going and, where the Holy Ghost is here, and you know, and all that. Yes, they want all of that to subside. They don't want you to think critically. They just want you to buy into the drink the Kool Aid, you know, drink the Jesus juice, uh, and get retarded on Jesus juice, you know. Right. Uh, and, yeah. Um, sure. uh, but med meditation, I'm all for it. Like, yes, uh, especially for me, my my ADHD brain. Believe me, I if I could have a day where I could just hit a pause button. Oh my, that would be a glorious day in Austin's life, you know, but so even when I do my, you know, my versions of med meditation, just slowing everything down, I, I'm still, you know, if I'm going 200 miles an hour, I'm still going hundred miles an hour, you know, my brain and thoughts and activity, you know, all that, but even going from 200 to hundred miles an hour is a break. And that's <laughs> really, know? I really appreciate you saying that, you know, and, and people need to hear that more, I think, because, uh, I believe in, uh, I mean, I think we all have experienced some type of mental breakdown in the last several months. And uh, meditation is just extremely helpful, especially with, in extreme cases. I think it's extremely helpful. Um, and there, yeah, um, this is a total side note, but in, in Oregon, they're trying to legalize uh, psilocybin mushrooms for experimenting with I heard uh, that. medical I heard science. That. Yeah, and it, it sounds like, to me, that sounds like a really it could be a really good thing could be a huge breakthrough they've been studying this for over 30 years using all kinds of hallucinogens including mushrooms in very small doses to to do really really to replace other types of of um you know brain altering drugs and i guess they do a much better job and they have way less side effects so uh, i'm hoping that goes through i'm hoping that passes it could open the door for because right now you can't research it because it's a yeah class one or whatever the stupid you know so you can't research whether that's going to actually help people or not and to, that's absolutely bonkers it, it, it's the same with a lot of of America. you know yeah <laughs> it's just it's it's nuts anyway that's a <laughs> completely off the subject but no, I, do, do, yeah. do the meditation just don't 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 pray to that crazy god that's all i was saying <laughs> yeah there you go and i i totally understand that yeah, and I mean it's interesting. There are people who pray to yeah. Prayer's been proven to actually help people too. But yeah, it's when you try to me it's more about I mean I'm not against religion for people that 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 that's doing them some kind of good. I'm I'm but I am skeptical, extremely skeptical of people trying to tell me what religion I should be, you know, what yeah. I should be doing. That's where I really have a problem with it and that's where it gets that's where it gets strange. That's what, you know, even one of the things, uh, you know, tying it back to our show, I tell, you know, we, we remind uh, ourselves, but, you know, the guys all the time, you know, respect the human, 
respect to individual, but the faith, the belief is open. It's, it's hunting season, you know, so get after it. Cause uh, the, again, the, the belief, if it's uh, to be held as their truth, we can in, in investigate the shit out of it, you know? Um, and I tell, you know, Christians that all the time, I don't care what you believe in and we can have a conversation about it, but I will not allow you to shove it down my throat. And I will not allow you to tell me that my family or myself, especially my, my kids, if it, don't dare say it to my kids, but that we're going to go and suffer and, and burn and gnash our teeth for all eternity in hell because we don't believe what you believe in. Like you, you can tell me anything else. I don't want to hear all that bullshit. Like keep that to yourself. If that's what you want to tell your kids to scare your kids. Cool. But don't tell my kids. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I wish that was, <laughs> I wish there was a way, uh, to, that people would hear that. I know people who are extremely, uh, religious and think that that's, you know, that's what they have to do. That's a very sad thing, especially for kids to ever have to hear that from anybody. Um, cause right. you know, you've obviously you were 21 before you said, well, this is all bullshit. And first you had to try and drink your way out of it and, and, you know, snort your way out of it. And you know, that doesn't work either. A lot of people do that. That that's, that's not obvious. You must know this. That's, that's what, a, how a lot of people react when, you know, things don't seem right. Uh, it's something a lot of people turn to. So I'm really thankful that you were able to to come around to just reasoning and, and you know, getting help too, because I, it sounds like you got... Well, one thing I wanted to, to say, uh, this, this was a long time ago, but the fact that when you were put in um, a hospital, um, um, you said a mental hospital, right? Mm -hmm. The fact that that worked is so awesome. I mean, that is because I know a lot of, people who've gone through that, um, I guess not a lot, a handful. And um, they were not given the best of care. You know, the place that they went was not the best. It was overcrowded. It was really a matter of give them, give them enough medication so they don't bother us because there's too many people here. And so it's, it's great. It's really heartening to hear a story of uh, someone who, who got help, who actually got good help from good professionals. So, yeah, it, that's really nice to hear. And uh, I think you're really... I think you got lucky. <laughs> then it's, well, but if, it's great. If I, could, if I can be honest, you know, um, and I, I think people say this all the time. And my my dad always raised me. You know, you 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 get out of life what you you know you put into it, and, and you take you know, uh, you can work hard and make the best out of any situation. It's not only is going to get you what you want, but you can make the best out of it and get you know find a silver lining. Uh, I'll tell you right now, it, um, I got out what I took out of it. Um, cause I got, once I realized that I had people there that could help me and don't get me wrong, I did have, there was two of the, the doctors there that were awesome, but as far as the facility, the nurses, the environment, uh, the people that they placed me around, uh, was, uh, it was bad. It was bad. And, uh, one of the, I would say more traumatic experiences of my adulthood anyway, uh, is when when I went in, you, you would have thought I had just got done like uh, killing a school bus of kids or something. Uh, when I went in, they took me in the room, about five or six other grown adults, stripped me down, butt ass naked, strip searched me. Um, you literally would have thought I was a killer and a felon. And, and um, it, it was humiliating, you know? Yeah. And so my, my first 24 hours, I was not, I did not want to be there. Like I was ready to go, you know, fuck this place and everybody here. Uh, but then once I, once I, you know, kind of got my thoughts together, I was like, you know what, this either I'm going to get the help that I need right now, 
and why I'm here and take advantage of this, or I don't know if I'll get this moment again. I don't know if I'll ever get this opportunity again because I might die, you know. Um, so I took advantage of it, and I took advantage that I did have two, you know, two doctors. But as far as the the facility and everything, I agree with your, you know, uh, you know, your sphere of influence and their experience. Other than those two doctors, it, it's it is not a friendly. Um, uh, the mental health, uh, you know, uh, process, I guess, you know, or, or uh, treatment, it, it's not pretty, it's not easy. Uh, and and it, even the follow-up after that, it, it, it was so hard to get somebody just to call me back. And I'm like, I'm, I'm calling you. Like I, I was just in here, like, you know, two, three months ago, um, mm-hmm. basically trying to kill myself. And now I can't get anybody to follow me up. Like, what if, what if I was, what if I had a gun in my hand right now? Like nobody's gonna call me back. Nobody's gonna follow, you know. So it, it is. You have to want it, you know. And uh, and that and that's tough, man. When you're you're fighting, and you get in those dark places. You don't want to reach out to anybody, you know. Right. So when you do, and nobody calls you back, it just makes it even stickier. But uh, sorry, I went on a tangent there. But I'm passionate about that. We actually have a show tonight uh, about that, you know, and the stigma behind it and why people are so just kind of, um, you know, oh, just get over it, toughen up, you know, whatever. What do you tell somebody with diabetes to have less diabetes? Like, chill, dude. <laughs> well, Joe Rogan would. <laughs> that's his right. philosophy. He probably would. Yeah, he, he probably would. He, he kind of does. Yeah. You're fat. Stop eating. Uh, it, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm just. I'm really glad that you had the. Um, the you did. I mean, that takes mental strength. You you recognize that you needed help, and you were able to reach out for it. And that's that's really awesome that 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 worked out, and and that you're continuing to let other people know that there is help out there. And it, I mean, help is hard to get for a hangnail. I mean, it, it's, you yeah. know, any, any yeah. part of the medical world right now is really hard to deal with. I'm extremely familiar with that. I've gone through all kinds of weird undiagnosed problems where I had to go to doctor after doctor and, you know, uh, mental health is tougher because not only do you have to go through a lot of doctors and find the right person and find, you know, if you, if you're going to be on medication, find the right medication. You know, if you're going to somehow do it some other way, you've got to find the right way or, or you will not, you know, mm-hmm. or it'll come back. It, it will not go away. It's there's putting a bandaid on. It doesn't work. And it, it sounds like you've have found good solutions. So it's it's really it's really good to hear that. Um, but it, it does take uh, like you're saying, I mean, when you're in the middle of it, my God, it's very hard to reach out. So let's hope that um, more and more people are able to get help. I know right now the mental health in actually worldwide, for some reason, I don't know what's happened in the last seven months, but it's, uh, it's gotten really bad. People, you know, the, the rate of depression and, and suicide and, and this has skyrocketed. It's probably um, an equal line to the, to the um, pandemic that we're trying to fight. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. it's, and it's even people are offering a lot of help, but I know if you're, it's hard to reach out, right? It's hard. And it's it's well, one we're 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 a social species, right? And we've had the last six seven months, whatever, where we've been separated from a lot of people we love, care about, um, that kind of thing. So that that will you know, especially if you already have pre existing diagnosis, that's just going to trigger them. Um, but I, I even know people that have never struggled with depression or anything in their life, and have have, have been battling it, you know, through. Uh, through this period. Uh, and if I can, and this is not a, uh, I mean, it's our website, but it's not a plug for our website. Uh, if you go to, if you're somebody that you, you know, for this, they're not professionals, but we we have people on hand that if you just need to talk shit, vent, you're having a bad day, um, and you just want to tell somebody how shitty your day is, 
Uh, if you go to tart.live, so T-A-R-T.live, there's a little chat bubble down at the bottom of our website. Hit that and you can text somebody. Um, that's how you go to a phone number and we always have somebody that's there just to listen. They're not professionals, so we're not going to diagnose or anything like that, but we're just there to listen. So you have somebody to talk to and it can even be anonymous. You know, um, uh, If you're actually seeking professional help and you want that, uh, I've developed a relationship with a secular therapist that will meet um, uh, remotely. So you can do it, you know, um, uh, FaceTime or whatever, you can do that. And she will, um, she's gonna do it at a discounted rate um, uh, for us through our channel. Um, so even if you don't have insurance, she's gonna um, drop her rates down so that, you know, make it affordable. So we have professional help and we have people just to give you an ear, uh, you know, to, to have somebody to listen to you uh, if you need that. So there's, there's that for you, but may need that. That's awesome. No, I appreciate that. Of course, you can you can uh, promote your website on the show. That's why you're on the show. That's why you're on a podcast, right? That's that's why you went on podcastguest.com. It's absolutely. <laughs> <that's all. laughs> well, I, I didn't want it's, it to be in the middle in the middle of a mental health conversation. I want it to be like here. I'm plugging my website. It, it's, it oh, I see what you mean. For, for no, that, yeah. it's it's very important, and it's awesome that you're doing that on your site. That's that's really good. And let's just segue right into how do people find these uh terrestrial alien rehabilitation uh therapy people or tart the have <laughs> <laughs> to go back and re-listen this write all that down and uh open up an episode and try to sell it um no so the, the easiest uh the easiest way is uh tart.life uh, that's our website and uh, on there it's gonna have our link tree link to our youtube um our uh uh oh, Wow, I just went um, brain dead. Uh, I'll come back to that one. But uh, Instagram, uh, all that. Uh, Patreon, that's what I was trying to remember. Uh, Patreon's on there. Uh, all all, and everything you need to know about Tarts on there and uh, our uh, clothing and merchandise stores on there. Uh, we're getting ready to load our new uh, winter uh, hoodies and uh, beanies and all that on here probably the next week, two weeks. Uh, we'll do that. And I think um, that's it. But YouTube, uh, we have a show uh, tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, Jenna Belk, she's the co-host of the Atheist Experience with Matt Delahoney um, from uh, ACA. She'll be on with us. And then uh, Ethan from uh, uh, your friendly neighborhood Atheist will be on. We're talking about mental health and the stigma uh, that's behind it and why in 2020 we still have that stigma. And then tomorrow, uh, I'm very, very excited. Uh, if uh, you or your listeners are familiar with uh, Mr. Seth Andrews, uh, he is uh, one of the uh, one of the major voices in the atheist community. He's a former Christian of 30 something years, was a DJ, or, uh, yeah, a radio DJ for 10 plus years. He'll be on with us tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Um, Eastern uh, Eastern Time, and uh, he just released a book. Uh, it's uh, Confessions of a Former Fox News Christian. And uh, I, I've, I'm almost all the way through it. Incredible book, uh, but we're really excited to have him on there. And he's he's kind of my uh, my inspiration. Uh, there's a lot of things that he grew up with and around that I grew up with and around. And when I read his um, his second book, uh, Deconverted, um, that uh, it changed my life. And I, and I can't say that about a lot of books that I've read, but that one uh, changed my life. So check us out. That is awesome. And this show is not live, so those shows will be. Uh, by the time you oh, get this everybody. podcast, they will be they will be taped. But uh, <laughs> if you want to uh, send me a link, I could actually put it on my Facebook so that people you know have that have those okay. out there. And also, um, where are 
I was watching your podcast and I was wondering where all the comments are coming from because I don't see them on YouTube. Where are they commenting? Are you on, do you have a Discord server? Or is, that, is that all on uh, Instagram? Where are, they, where are they getting the comments from? I think it was Murder Shed that was, put, that was reading a bunch of comments and I didn't see where they were coming from. You know so, so if you go to, um, uh, usually 24, 48 hours uh, after we go live, when it posts is now a uh, uploaded uh, video, uh, the live chat uh, should be, you should be able to hit the live chat and go through, you know, it goes through the time, you know, the timestamps, but they, um, they all pop in on the live chat. Oh, okay. That's it. Cause I always turn the live chat off cause it annoys the hell out of me, but now I get it. So yeah. <laughs> it's and, all and, up uh, there. You said that and, and uh, that's one of them. I forgot our discord. It's, uh, it's called let's, uh, let's talk religion. Mm-hmm. Um, so we do have that uh, Discord, and that links on the, the website as well. And that's uh, again another area where, if, uh, like you said, you 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 go and watch our show, and you see it's just a very civil discourse. And we, you know, we'll push back. You know, if somebody's just spewing nonsense, we're going to push back. Uh, but the nice thing about the Discord is we have people from uh, your basic uh, Christian belief to where we have a couple people on there that claim to be uh, the second coming of the Messiah. Uh, the eighth carnation of Buddha, like they actually believe that they are these things. Uh, we have some of the craziest shit you ever heard. So, uh, uh, but it's all very respectful and we have a blast on there. That's awesome. That is awesome. And with that, I think we are going to wrap it up because I've kept you a long time and I, man, I really appreciate this conversation. It's, it's been awesome. Uh, you're a super easy person to talk to. This is the kind of podcast I like when I don't have to say much. And <laughs> better to listen to other people's stories than <laughs> listening to me. So, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you coming on. So um, this has been, were you still talking? And today on my show, I have had Austin Mills from Tart, the terrestrial alien. Re- no, it's actually the, ace, the Atheist Roundtable. Boy, that is a little bit of a tongue twister. You can find them on YouTube, and uh, he, they also have a website, which is, uh, oh, I don't have it on my cheat sheet, but we've said it a couple times, and it'll be in the show notes. Check out their website. They have a, a whole tree of links there, anything you need to find out that we've been talking about. There's also some other links in the show notes, and I really appreciate you listening, so be sure and share with your friends. Um, that's the, the way I'm getting the show out now, as my budget is a little bit low, but that's going to change. I'm sure that will change one day. And you might be listening to this a year from when we did it. And if this is 2021, um, how y'all doing? Hope you're well. And for now, be good to each other. And especially, be good to yourselves.